Hello, everybody. Hello. It is the Macaw Podcast Universe. Welcome back. This is Micah. And this is Jordan. And we are, this is the third, and now we're halfway through the Shrek series. This is Shrek the Third. Shrek the Third. And this series, I mean, not to give everything away at the top, but this is a prime example of something called diminishing returns. <laughs> <laughs> Because the first movie, you're like, this is fun. This kind of turns it on its head. The second movie plays on it, and it's not as good. But you're kind of like, okay. But it might be funnier than the first one. Yeah, they double down on the humor. And then all of a sudden, you got this movie. And boy, is it a little little turd. It it could be called... Some some could call it Shrek the the Turd. Yeah. Um, So I I ran into Mike Combs today at uh, Forage. And he said... I was telling him that... All day yesterday, I was trying to figure out what my take on this movie was going to be. Yeah. And he said, oh, yeah, that that movie, like, even my kids don't even... Like, if they're re-watching stuff, they're like, oh, well, not that one. Right. Like, they'd rather watch one or two. Right. So it's kind of across the board. Which is how you felt when you saw this movie. Yeah, because my... With me with Shrek, it was like, saw it in theaters... And I was, like, astounded. I loved it. Then I shot, saw Shrek 2, and I thought, no way, they topped themselves. And then I saw Shrek 3, saw it with my cousin Christy and Rebecca up in McMinnville, I think. And I was just kind of like, oh, that was boring and bad. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really remember anything from it. I couldn't have told you the plot of the movie, except that he has babies. You see, I realized about halfway through this movie that I have seen it. Yeah. And I think that's what happened was I was so bored when I first saw it. I, I forgot that I saw it. Yeah, it's not it's not very good. But the thing about it is is it's not it's not really that bad either. No. It's just kind of it just kind of exists. Yep. And I think diminishing returns is the theme of this episode. Yep. Um we're sponsored by it this week. We're sponsored by turds. <laughs> yeah. Uh so this movie's directed by Chris Miller. Now this is not to be confused with Phil Lord and Chris Miller, the Lego uh, movie guys, the Spider-Verse um, guys fired from Solo and uh, what's the other one? 21 Jump Street. It's not right. th- those guys. This is a different guy. Um, and Chris Miller was a story artist on the first movie and he was head of story on, on the, the first second. Movie? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, and it was co-directed by Raman Hu, who was supervising animator on the first two. Okay. So... Um, so you got people who are who have been involved the whole time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's produced by Aaron Warner. Uh, screenplay by Jeffrey Price. Also who, produced by the f- director of the first two movies. Oh, is it? Did I miss that? That's what it was in the credits. Oh, whoops. Um, screenplay by Jeffrey Price, who did a movie starring Jim Carrey. That's one of your favorites. He wrote the screenplay to this other movie. Can you guess what it is? A Jim Carrey movie that's one of my favorites. One of your Eternal favorites. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. No, you got to think broader. Broader? Is it that, and is think, it Man on the Moon or something? Maybe think like a little more holiday themed. Huh? Well, and actually. Oh, The Grinch. <laughs> How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Which yeah, I actually, love that movie so much. It's kind of. um. That movie, Mike and I rewatched it over Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I grew up, well, I would watch the movie in the summer at my Nona's house with my brother and sister. And Micah hadn't seen it in a while. And so we watched it. Micah fell asleep. And even though he was sleeping, I was still laughing out loud. It's not good. I love it. 
It's it's just a very, very ugly movie. Oh, it's so good. Roger Ebert put it well, because I was trying to figure out why I didn't like it, and he talked about how the whole movie kind of has a brown hue to it, and I was like, he's right. (laughs) No, but it's so funny. Well, uh, so Jeffrey Price, he makes a Grinch movie about a big green monster, and then he makes, he writes the screenplay to a movie about a big green monster. what his favorite color is. third. I don't know. Probably purple. Uh, he also did uh, the screenplay for Wild Wild West, the Will Smith movie that famously he was skyrocketing in his career, and then it kind of brought him back to earth. Oh, really? Because people did not like that movie. Oh. Um, and then Peter S. Seaman, uh, he's the same as Price, um, and they, they have the same credits, so I think they're working partners. And then you have Chris Miller and Aaron Warner, the producer and the um, Writer. Uh, director, director of the movie. And then we have story by Andrew Adamson, who is the director of the first two. Music, once again, it's by Harry Gregson Williams. And the other two movies kind of have a pretty nice soundtrack. This one got lost on me. I don't really remember anything exciting about it. Besides music that dates it. Yeah, but I mean, the composer has nothing to do right. with that. But what? So what's the director's name of the first movie? Andrew Adamson. I feel like for some reason he's got the vision. Yeah. Because the first two were so good. Yeah, but this I, is a story I, by Andrew Adamson. Yeah, but he didn't direct it. Yeah, but still, I mean... that. No, I mean, I guess that our biggest problem was the story Yeah. with this. Yeah. Um, uh, it's produced by DreamWorks Animation, distributed by DreamWorks and Paramount. Uh, we got a release date of May 18th, 2007. The movie's 12 years old, Jordan. Wow, that's crazy. Um, budget of the movie... $160 million. And domestically, the movie makes $322,719,944. Worldwide, it makes $798,958,162. made a lot of money. Made a lot of money. So now it's, as far as the standings go, Shrek has made... It made a little over five hundred million. Then you have this one at almost eight, and then the last movie, which was nine forty-one, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um. So then I got a couple, just a couple of whoa. notes. What? What? No, no you no, have no, no. to. You said no. whoa. We will wait until you get to my part. Spoiler alert! I did not prepare for this. <laughs> don't tell him that. Don't so, tell. Don't tell Mike and Rebecca that. Sorry, Regis is in this movie. Regis Philbin. Yeah. Whoa, Amy who is Poehler's he? Amy Poehler's in this movie. Who are they? Wait, no, we're not going to talk about Amy it. Amy Poehler is... We're not going to talk about she's it. She's Snow White, huh? There's, how'd you know that? Because I was thinking of the... That doesn't sound like her at all. No, no, Maybe but she now. had like the most talking time of the side girl characters. Yeah, but yeah. So that was my guess, because she's kind of popular around that time. <gasps> Shut up. Okay, continue your part. This okay. is Oh, nuts. sounds like the person above us turned off the air conditioning. I hope they're okay. Uh, So... They announced three movies after Shrek 2 in May of 2004. So Jeffrey Katzenberger quoted saying, Shrek 3 and 4 are going to reveal other unanswered questions. And finally, in the last chapter, we will understand how Shrek came to be in that swamp when we meet him in the first movie. Whoa, that's four? That's what he said. So this was what was said in 2004. And who said this? Jeffrey Katzenberg, one of the producers and writers. Actually, I don't know if he's a producer, but he he wrote the first two, I think. He's in there. Um, So, kind of, it's so funny when people say things like this, and finally, 
Like he used the word finally in the last chapter. We'll understand how Shrek came to be <laughs> in that like, swamp. I wasn't wondering that. Like, no one wondered why he was. He's a big green ogre. Yeah. So not everything needs an origin story. Sometimes I know. that's the best part. John Wick three. Oof. Yeah. Uh, th- th- here's the thing, because I imagine. If this comes to be, because neither of us have seen Shrek 4, that means that there's going to be like a big, huge reason why he's in Shrek 4 or why he's in the swamp in Shrek 1. And the whole thing, the problem with origin movies, and I'll probably have this rant next week if it's the case, it's like it undermines what happens in the first movie. Mm -hmm. So like the whole point is he wants to be alone. Mm -hmm. So if I'm guessing in the fourth movie, if they make it like he's banished to their then it becomes just a normal fairy tale. Mm-hmm. And the whole series is just not what it claimed to be. We'll see next week. I've never seen it. Yeah, but I'm already thinking that this is a uh, Trek four is going to be real bad. Um, I just hope it's not boring. <laughs> then according to Miller, they quote, didn't want to just sort of title it. Like it was just a sequel. They wanted something to make it stand on its own, give it its own personality and really try to treat it as a chapter in Shrek's life. Hugh remarked, it's about Shrek becoming the new king of far, far away. The title sounds kind of royal as well. They talk way too much about the title of this dumb movie. Seriously, (laughs) there are statements about why they titled it this. I don't care. No one cares. Now, now in, in defense of the people, like, if you're if they're and making announcements and people are like, what does the title mean? And then people just quote it on Wikipedia, you know, it's gonna pop up. <sighs> Whatever. Okay. Can you keep and going? then um, the other movies have been very critically accepted. This one critics weren't very thrilled about. And then finally, we have our second of this podcast. We have our second time that there is a Tim and Eric. Um link to this movie so do you wait the second one didn't have that no i remember we had ant-man i mean in our podcast oh links i thought you meant a literal link yeah, no on. no so um in shrek the third there was so much advertising for it that tim heidecker and eric wareheim were just kind of sick of all the advertising and so they were getting ready to come out with their i don't know like second or third season of tim and eric's awesome show great job so they launched this campaign where they would do interviews and they would There'd be Shrek posters in the background. They'd have Shrek posters and they wouldn't talk about their show. They would talk about how excited they were to go see Shrek the third. And it's like they're two giggling like little boys getting excited to go see. They're this movie. so funny to watch. Like and a compilation. It's really funny. And it's so easy to find just Tim and Eric Shrek three. And there's, there's so much no, they, Shrek the third. Cause apparently it's really important. <laughs> yeah. But they, they go to, the movies and they come out and they, they, I think they're on like the news talking about it and stuff (laughs) like it's, it's just so wild. So they were so sick of it that they decided to talk about it. And that's the most interesting thing about this movie is Tim and Eric. So now I'll hand the reins over to you. The next interesting thing about this movie that I am now discovering. So, you know, like now in animated movies, the cast is just full of famous people. Like, I feel like voice acting, I, I wonder what voice actors think about animation today, like like yeah. these movies, because I feel like there is less opportunity for voice actors who in the past have made their living on voice acting. Yeah. And um, now now the cast are just... You know what? Sorry. Go ahead. But uh, it was really cool listening to that comedy Bang Bang with Alan Tudyk, um, yeah. the guy who plays K2SO yeah. and is in... Uh, he's in um, firefly but dodgeball he's like yeah dodgeball the pirate, the pirate. Dodgeball. he's 
he's kind of becoming like this Disney animation guy where he does a bunch of different voices and they always put him in a movie, which seems very like old fashioned and fun. And then when he was on Comedy Bang Bang, he was doing different voices. So you're like, oh, they hire him to actually act instead of like how a lot of these movies, they're like, Justin Timberlake, we're hiring you, act like you. To be Justin Timberlake. They're not hiring Alan Tudyk to be Alan Tudyk. Yeah, which is way cooler to me. Comedians that we like to like Lauren Lapkus is in some like Cartoon Network shows. I oh, think yeah, or yeah, the, yeah. one I think for she's sure. In, yeah. And that it's different because they're kids' shows, so it's a totally different thing mm-hmm. in terms of that. But like she's an actress, but she also is famous. Like she is becoming well known for her voice. She mm-hmm. also has a lot of podcasts. But then Ben Schwartz, who is becoming much more famous lately. Yeah, yeah. But he also before that has been in several cartoons. I think he's also written cartoons too, but like He's a voice actor in cartoons. Yeah. Awesome. I, I feel like that might be part of where he got his start as for his voice. Yeah. But I'm just, I'm curious what voice actors think. Cause I wonder yeah. if they're like, they're like, I can't just be a voice actor anymore. Now I got to be a personality. Now I got to put my right, face right. to things, and which I, I wonder w- is pretty annoying. Have, have I ever told you about the weird thing about, um, uh, Oh, what's a little robot in star Wars, the BB eight. Yeah. Um, so a long time ago, I saw that Ben Schwartz is like the voice of BBA. Yeah. Um, and then now there's like um, Bill Hader is the voice of BBA. Mm-hmm. But both of them talk about separately in interviews how like they're like JJ Abrams came in, and like manipulated their voice and stuff. But the weird thing is none of them talk about the other person. Oh, what do you think so, that's, it, that's about? So I don't know if that means they mixed it or like one of them made it and the other person didn't and they never told them or something and i think if you look on imdb it's both on their imdb but none of them acknowledge it when they're asked about it. do you think that they just both went in did the same takes but their voice sound different i mean i think they combined them them, but it's just it's just odd that the that it's not like ben schwartz isn't like oh yeah and bill Hader also did the voice and stuff he's like yeah i'm the voice of bb8 i did it and then now now it seems like Everyone just says like Bill Hader's the voice of BB. People don't talk about Ben oh, Schwartz really? anymore. It's really weird, huh? Interesting. Could be a false memory. About that. But while you do that, I'm gonna look that up because no, don't look it up. Listen to this because it's pretty interesting. No, I don't want to listen. So when we were watching the movie, there Merlin is a character, and uh, I thought for sure it was John Oliver. It sounded so much like him. Yeah, and I felt really good about it. Guessing him. It's not him, people. It's Eric Idle, who is another huge Monty Python guy. Among other things, but really Monty Python. So now they've had two Monty Python yeah. heavy hitters. Yeah. And um, then... Be careful moving that mic around. It hurts my hand. I know. Just just be careful. It makes a loud noise. And then you have Justin Timber, Timber Blake. Timber Blake. Who plays Arthur, King Arthur, also known as Artie. His most recent acting credit is The Voice. He was in four episodes as a writer, apparently. Uh-huh. Um, but Justin Timberlake has been around for so long, best known as NSYNC, being part of NSYNC, right? He's an NSYNC. Yes, Aaron Carter yeah. was in Backstreet Boys, or his brother was or something. NSYNC, that was Jordan's group. I was, on, I was team NSYNC, not team Backstreet Boys. Yeah. Um, I was team neither. Uh, I do have an update for BB-8 whenever you're ready on that. Just go for it. (laughs) Um, On Ben Schwartz IMDb, it says unaccredited stormtrooper. And on Bill Hader's, it has nothing. 
And then if you Google who's the voice of BB-8, it says Ben Schwartz, Bill Hader. How weird is that? Sounds like that's the answer. It's just weird. And uh, so this has been BB-8 talk. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so you're talking Timberlake right now, Yeah, right? his first acting credit is in 1998. Ripping a little bit. It's in I'll Be Home for Christmas, I guess. Wait, what am I looking at? I'll Be Home for oh, I'm Christmas? I'm looking at soundtrack. Sorry. Oh, okay. So Which makes sense. While you're doing yeah, that, I, I just... What did you think of Justin Timberlake's voice performance in this I, movie? I don't care about him very much, besides in the social network. I really don't really care about... But I mean, yeah. what did you... Th- when you were watching it, did you have any reaction to it either way? It sounded like Justin Timberlake. That's it. Because I thought... I don't think he... I think he just showed up, This was his a lines phoned-in performance, yeah. if there and ever was he one. he clocked off and left and it got paid millions sucked. of dollars for it. Mm-hmm. Even Cameron Diaz, I feel like, is doing something. Mm-hmm. And she sucks as a person. <laughs> so um, his first several acting credits are in sync stuff. Like videos. Yeah. And- I mean, oh man, I'm still scrolling. My finger has gone to the top of my phone and to the bottom several times scrolling. Sorry. I didn't do my homework in advance. Yeah, I just... Wow. He is in mostly... He, I mean, he's in the Lonely Island video... Famous, oh, yeah. The famous one. And Pick I'm not in a gonna, box. I wasn't going to say it. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, I just listened to our Mad Max episode, and I quoted Mel Gibson saying some stuff yeah, to an officer, to so it. I won't. He's in that before Shrek the Third, but really, he's not in... He's not in a lot of uh, actual acting things. Before Shrek 3? Yeah. So this puts him on the map of acting? I guess. I did not mean to click on the love group. Well, you know what? It probably has to do with Mike Myers and being involved in SNL and like his involvement and then being like, oh, yeah, let's get this guy on. Yeah, probably. I feel like it's also just a good call because Shrek the third or Shrek is known to be a more musical type of movies, you know, like with people singing sometimes. Not like the movies are musicals or not. For some reason, like, well, that they had like that American Idol, brain. like they had the American Idol thing. Right, right. So it's like, oh, we'll get Justin Timberlake. He's like an American Idol. I mean, he wasn't on it. Or right, anything, right. But like he fits the the mold, the mold of those things. Yeah. Okay. And then you have who plays Lancelot, who is like uh, King Arthur's bully, John Krasinski, which I didn't really hear, but Micah figured it out. Well, I didn't. I did, I I thought it was someone else first, and then I looked it up, and I was like, "No way, that's John Krasinski." Yeah, and then it and, made sense. I mean, do I even need to look up to tell people who this is? Well, he's famous for some show um, that takes place in an office. Yeah, came out a few years ago, and is it is it that show that everyone is always rewatching? Yeah, yeah. I so, mean, that's good enough for him, I think. Yeah, and then Captain Hook. Captain Hook. Do you remember that character in the movie? Yeah. Ian McShane plays him. Really? Yeah. The old hot... I did not hear Father of Hot Rod himself. But you know what? I wonder if I would now. I don't know. Because he does kind of sound like a pirate. Mm -hmm. But he always, to me, he's usually just kind of phoning in as a performance in most things that I see him in. He is the same thing. And it's usually great. Okay. I like him. Um, Like he's great in John Wick. Yeah. But this is oh, yeah, this John seems Mike. very over the top performance. Yeah. And I appreciate that about him. For people who don't know, he is in Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End, maybe. Probably. 
Let's see. He's got like 139 acting credits. He's I've been never felt like he phones it in from what I see. He just has like a lane and he stays in that lane, which is, I think that's different than phoning it in, Jordan. Okay. And I think you owe I, McShane Well, what I'm trying to say is, is I think that he really goes, he really goes for it in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's in a Twilight, the Twilight Zone. I don't know which one. Okay. Um, He's in Hot Rod. Oh, that's right. He's in Hot Rod. Yeah, he's he's the titular hot rod. <laughs> no. He's in Coraline. Oh, I'm not going to keep scrolling. Sorry. He's in the Pirates of the Cure. Oh. He plays Blackbeard. Okay, that's got to be... On Stranger Tides. Oh. Yeah, there's a fourth one. <laughs> and then Regis... There's a fifth one, I think. Regis from... You know, Regis and Kelly. Yeah, wait. Give me a hint on who he plays. I don't know who this is. Mabel? Is oh. that the is that the other sister you think? Oh, I think it is. Okay, that and makes then, sense. Yeah, and then there's Larry King reprising his role as yeah. the other ugly step stepsister. And then you have Amy Poehler who plays Snow White. Seth Rogen plays ship captain. He oh wow yeah would not have like he's got the one of the most recognizable voices yeah. in Hollywood did not know yeah, he's Pumbaa didn't recognize that. Um, Maya Rudolph plays Rapunzel. Oh, okay. Famous SNL mem- cast member. Amy Sedaris plays Cinderella. Oh. And one of her greatest acting roles is Bojack Horseman. Yeah, she is Princess Caroline. Yes. And then that's that's about it. Okay. Um, so the movie opens. And for the first time in the whole Shrekiverse, there's no storybook intro. Mm-hmm. And it's starting out exactly the way Shrek 2 started. And you see um, that Prince Charming is doing a dinner theater in front of these patrons who are drunk and not excited to see him. And he's acting out him rescuing the princess, but instead this time he's actually getting the princess. Yeah, but everyone hates it because it's boring and it's been done so many, you know, everyone's bored with it. Yeah, which was maybe the theme of the, maybe the movie's kind of uh, Auroroboros eating its own tail on that mm-hmm. one. And then he breaks, He he's all upset and he goes outside and he... He has his gr- I like that his green little... room in the alley. Yeah, I like that. I thought that was funny. Yeah, I thought that was funny. Um, and then he's kind of like, I'm going to get my revenge. Mm-hmm. And so the mo- that's how the movie begins. And in theory, watching that, I'm like, uh-oh, am I going to like this? Because I kind of like that the motive. I like this idea. I think it is cool that it starts right after the last movie. Like the second one started right mm-hmm. after the first movie. Is this one like right after? I mean, it's, it's, it's very close after to whatever happened in the second oh, one. Yeah, I guess I mean, you're right. I guess I, I just I, assumed it'd been years because he's like, and he's like washed up. I don't know. I feel like he was kind of washed up because he lost in the last movie. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you're right. Um, and then we see donkey dragons. Yeah. They're pretty cool. We're kind of introduced to the cast. So you like the donkey dragons. Super into them, especially that far. I sided one. <sighs> the donkey dragons, man. You don't like them. They're just so ugly to look at. Oh, they're so cute to me. I don't think they're cute. They're ugly little creatures. So what, you like the ogre babies better? No, the ogre babies are horrible. Okay, they're okay. horrifying. They're really terrible. I, uh, yeah. Here's another thing. Wait, I was, that, that scene when Shrek is having a nightmare about having kids. Yeah. And he wakes up and they're on the ship. And, yeah. But Donkey and Puss are both Shrek babies. Like their, yeah, their yeah. bodies are the same, but <laughs> yeah. their heads are Shrek babies. And Donkey looks at him and that baby does that gross like puppet thing like it like its mouth opens like it's a puppet yeah it's truly disturbing yeah not great um i i 
maybe I'm just being over the top on this, but I feel like the animation in this movie has two things wrong with it. One is it's like they they they've now gone far enough that they can do more detail, but they can't go far enough with the detail. So it's in this weird in between stage that mm-hmm. kind of makes it look worse than Trek Two. Okay. Do you agree with that? I, I agree with that. Like some of the people who were moving didn't look good. No. And I think the movements in particular, especially of Shrek, like he moves kind of weird. He moves like differently than the other movies. I agree with that. And and it's like it's like a little stiffer. And it just kind of I I just I think the the animation in this movie is extremely unimaginative. Like the, they're not really pushing the boundaries in any way. Not See, that you have think, to, but I just I don't know. I think this is part of the problem of why the humans look like humans mm-hmm. instead of cartoon versions of humans. Like that scene when Fiona is having her baby shower and all of the princesses are there. There's nothing interesting about them. Yeah. And I, I that might be the point, I guess, but like they don't look interesting to me. No. Sleeping Beauty could not look more boring. She, she act- just has she like hardly looks like Sleeping Beauty. She as looks well. normal. She doesn't look like a princess. Like Rapunzel's probably the only and Cinderella who look like a princess. Mm-hmm. But like their facial features are just like, you know, they're obviously beautiful because they're princesses. Yeah, that's really boring to me. <laughs> they don't have like characteristics of any kind. Yeah. Some of the like jokes that they say are kind of funny. Mm-hmm. But that's there's that's like that is required of the voice actor, not of the animators. Mm-hmm. And the writers. Yeah. And and I, I like I was trying to think of an, uh, one thing I think kind of against this movie is there's not really like like uh, like Shrek one, you have like the swamp aesthetic and then the castle aesthetic and then just outdoors. And then Shrek two, you have more of this other castle uh-huh. and like fairy tales and potions. And then this movie just kind of does both of those things again. Uh-huh. And all the sets in this movie are kind of boring. Uh-huh. Like when they go to Merlin's place, it's just a. There, there's nothing interesting they're to just look outside. at. They don't even go inside his house, and it's probably really cool inside. Yeah, there should be like potions blowing. You know up what and I just stuff. realized? So another example of like an animated human. So mm-hmm. Toy Story two, when yeah. you have the toy collector. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. He looks like a person, mm-hmm. and his features are pretty proportionate. However, he looks and he's interesting to look at. Yeah, he's funny. Like, remember? I just remember. Even I feel like even in that movie, he might be like eating Cheetos, and there's like Cheeto dust on his fingers. Or yeah, something oh really yeah, cool there like totally that. is. Yeah, but like he he looks like a human. His proportions are pretty, you know, normal. Uh-huh. But if you compared this to like the Shrek humans, this I, like I bet you everyone would rather look at this person. Yeah, because you look at him and you know that there is so much backstory behind this person. And I don't know when Toy Story Two came out. Do you think it was around the same time? Oh no, this Toy Story Two has been out for a long time. By the time this okay, came, so that just out. also like further proves my point that yeah. that's already been done. That you can look at this animated thing and you can you know that it's lived a life. Yeah, before what you're currently watching, and then you look at Shrek and all these people are like, oh, they like were just created. Yeah, for this purpose. Yeah. So it's, yes. Yeah. No. It's no. Just more the, interesting yeah. visually. That's a really, really good point. Um, but yeah. So the the aesthetic doesn't really change. And again, to kind of compare it to Toy Story, like the Godfather of animation, is it's it's like each movie has distinct visual styles and things they go for that distinguish it from the other movies. Mm-hmm. And this one doesn't. 
mm-hmm. it really is like interchangeable with Shrek one and two. Yep. And I think kind of like what we talked about with winter soldier, it's just when, when you have the same visual for so long, it's not very interesting mm-hmm. to watch after a while. Yeah. Um, and we like, I get Mad Max, another example, Fury road. It changes aesthetic so many times that you're like on the edge of your seat just because of that one choice they made. And if you're an aspiring filmmaker out there, the simplest thing you could do is just change your color palette. Just change the colors to even signal that it's the change of an act. Now it's red. Yeah. That's the theme. It like lifts your brain so much. Yeah. And it's so refreshing. It's like take getting up, getting a cup of dang water. Yeah. Um, so that's a big issue I have with this movie, apparently. <laughs> um, so then the, uh, okay, people look slightly worse. I said that. Um, oh, yeah, and Shrek has to fill in for the king for a day. So the king's sick. Well, let's go back to the story a little bit. Yeah, well, this is just when he's filling in because they're, like, out of town. At the beginning of the movie, they're like, hey, let's go in. Oh. And he fills in, and it's like he has to christen a boat, and he accidentally, like, sinks the boat. Oh, and then he, like, kills someone as he's knighting them. Yeah, and that stuff's funny. pretty funny. Like, yeah. I, I like that scene. And, and then they have to dress them up in these costumes. That's not until later. I thought that was when they fill in, because then they accidentally burn down the thing, and he's like, I cannot do oh, this. Oh, I guess it is the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then... Uh, that part was weird. It was pretty weird. It was a little gross to look at again. Yeah. Um, and then Fiona kind of goes like, yeah, wouldn't it be fun if we had kids? Huh? And he's like, pa ha ha. I love how it's just you and me in the swamp. Can't wait to get back to the swamp with just you and me and only us. And she's like, but what if there were other little things running around? And he's like, yeah, ha ha. Wouldn't that be great if it was just you and me hinting at the pregnancy? Yeah. And then they get a telegram. Guess what? King Harold, he's dying. Now, one thing that's cool is he's still a frog. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. And um, I like that he keeps dying, quote unquote. Yeah, because he's doing life. that thing where he's like, he's like, Shrek, I need to tell you one more thing. Ugh. And they're like, and he he's dead. Life. And he's like, <gasps> so that thing I was trying to tell you was, and it happens like four times. Uh-huh. I kind of was hoping it would just, it wouldn't ever stop. Like the rest of the movie, he's yeah. just trying to tell him something. Yeah. Um, and there, there's like a fly that lands on the frog's eye and his eyeball, his open eyeball. Yeah. Because he's dead. And then, and then the fly flies away and he catches it with his tongue and then he finishes his sentence. Yeah. <laughs> that stuff's funny. Yeah. Um, and then the frogs sing live and let die as he's uh, yep. pushed on a lily pad and yep. put, and that's, that's funny stuff. Yeah. And his, he's put into a footlocker box like you're burying a pet. Yeah. Pretty, pretty funny. funny yeah i mean we can admit it when it happens it's that part's funny yeah um so now he is the king told him before told shrek before he died that there is only one other possible heir besides shrek and fiona which yeah uh why couldn't it just be fiona but that's doesn't re- it's not really relevant but oh uh, yeah i guess you're right because she is blood but whatever um that's not really worth getting into. But so he tells them Arthur, her cousin, Arthur. So he yeah. goes, so he's, he decides like, Oh, there's another option besides me. I'm going to go find him so that I can yeah, go back. To we've the already swamp seen. Along. He sucks at being King. He's just always, well, he also, you know, classic arc for Shrek. He is always trying to avoid responsibility and Wait, growing as a ogre. Are you trying to say that they repeated an arc from a previous movie yes. on this and one? And they did it in the second one too, 
But I mean, it's still like worked in a way. I'm going to save my arc discussion for later because I have a whole take on that as well. Okay. This is what I did yesterday at work. Just thinking. I also work Sharla, but I was thinking a lot. Yeah. Um, so then we cut back to Prince Charming, and he goes into the seedy bar from Shrek 2, and there's all the bad guys there. You got Hook. You got these mean trees. You got... Um, I like the trees. from. I think they're from like Snow White or something. Yeah, I think they're so. They're cool. And you got like Maleficent there and all that the stuff. The queen from Snow White's in there, too. Oh, maybe it's that. That's the one. Isn't that... No, that's Sleeping Beauty, huh? Is the Maleficent lady? Yep. yep. Um, glad we have two origin movies for Maleficent now. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Genuinely, I don't. Keep going with the scene. Um, so, <laughs> so then we're doing that whole thing. And he, they're like, oh, Prince Charming, why are you here? You suck. And then he goes, where's our happily ever afters? And he's like, Shrek gets it. The ogre gets it. But we don't get our happily ever afters. And once again, this idea, kind of into. Mm-hmm. I kind of like this idea, although it doesn't... And I like when he asks the the queen from Snow White, the evil queen, I don't remember what her name is, or yeah. even if she has one, he's like, he's like, what What about you? Like, what did, ha- what did you do after she won, basically? And she was like, I don't know. Not, like, basically, like, nothing. It's not fair. Yeah. I, I kind of liked that. Yeah. Yeah, this is all good stuff. Um, and so he's kind of like, let's team up, let's storm the castle, and I'll become king. Take it from Shrek and um, Fiona. And then we cut back to Shrek and he's getting on a boat with his friend Donkey and Puss and um, Puts, Puts, Puss is good in this movie as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying, I, I just like looking at Puss. He's fun. But as you mentioned, probably halfway through the movie, that one reason why it's so boring is because Donkey and Puss don't do anything. They don't do anything. They, they have don't, nothing to do. They don't push the plot in any way. Mm-mm. They don't. They're just there for jokes. Mm-hmm. And the jokes are not, again, diminishing returns. Yeah. The jokes are not that good this time around. Yeah. And so as he's leaving, Fiona yells out to him on the boat, and Seth Rogen's the boat captain, apparently. Uh-huh. And he's like, she goes, hey, I'm a pregnant. And he goes, cool, I didn't hear you. And she goes, I'm pregnant. And then he's... Then he kind of has this nightmare about ogre babies uh, attacking him. Which is really scary. It's pretty weird because they're overflowing out of the the doors and stuff. This is actually probably the one moment in the movie where the animation is actually kind of interesting yeah. now because yeah. they're kind of doing weird stuff and yeah. it's lit weird and it's this horror movie kind of thing. Um, but th- so we've done all of that. Um and now we're breezing through this movie. Are we really? right. I feel like we've barely scratched the surface. I think I'm, we're a I'm third of the like way crazy. done. Crazy! I'm by, I'm this bored with the movie. <laughs> the, the, again, the funny thing is though, it's it's not like I was sitting there totally bored out of my mind. I was just kind of like, I guess I'm watching a movie right now. I didn't really feel this way or that way about it. The more I've thought about it, I've just because I wanted to have something interesting to bring to the table, so you as a listener aren't just like okay, they don't like the movie. Tell me why. Yeah. So I wanted to come up with reasons, but it took me a while to actually be like, these are the reasons why I think this movie doesn't work. I think so. Then they get to basically high school, which is where King Arthur is, um, which seems like a blend between high school and college. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so they're doing all of these college high school jokes and for, I don't know why, maybe I'm just done with them for a while, Not funny. but they're just not that funny. Not funny. No. Um, yeah, there's like, there's like people who get out of a van and it's all smoke filled and they're like, Oh, those potions were crazy. No, my, man. your frankincense and myrrh. <laughs> when you say it, it's funnier than when it was in the movie. <laughs> and, and there's, then you have the mean girls. Yeah. They're also leaning too much on. So this is another problem with the movie. They're leaning way too much on like current vernacular and current pop culture. So when you watch it now, it's not very funny. Which is what they do in the other movies. But yeah, but they didn't lean on it as much as this one. Because yeah. I'm talking, there's that girl and she comes up and she's kind of going, oh, whatever. You're like, so whatever to me, ogre. <laughs> and you just go, that's not, it's just not funny anymore. Yeah. I've, I've seen that parodied a million times. Yeah. And even even though again you can say at the time it was funny, um, although even then I doubt it. It's just kind of it's it's too specific to like one moment in time. Yeah, that's already over, um, or we could say it's already ogre. Um, so it's <laughs> <laughs> you got my attention. I'm back. Um, anyway, so they go to the um, Hawkins. Is that what you're going to say from Stranger no, Things? No, 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 the high school. Okay. Um, And then I wrote, Arthur is a sucky loser at high school. So we find out he's a sucky loser at high school. Yep. Played by a phoned-in... Um, Justin Timberlake Justin Timberlake. If you want to see a good Justin Timberlake performance, watch Social Network. Or, no, he's not in Moneyball. He's in the response movie, Trouble with the Curve. Oh. You remember that whole thing? Yeah, but I never saw either of those movies. Well, I never saw Trouble with the Curve, so I could be wrong, but I remember Moneyball, Aaron, not but on not on the podcast. podcast. I, I think this is interesting, but it was funny because Moneyball came out and it was like, um, it was like all about statistics and how you could kind of work the system to get a good draft in baseball. And it's got Jonah Hill, Which one is, of Brad isn't Pitt's a true story too. Yeah, yeah, it's one of Brad Pitt's best performances. Aaron Sorkin script, amazing movie. According Chris Pratt's check, in it. According to Blank Check, uh, their favorite Brad Pitt performance. Yeah, he's and they think that's the peak of his career it. is that movie. I could see that. Yeah, um, I'd have to watch it again. But then, like the it. year after that, I think, or maybe two years after that. Clint Eastwood came out with this movie and the whole thing about it was like, yeah, you can use those numbers, kid, but sometimes you just got to play the game. Do you think that um, Clint Eastwood saw Moneyball and then he got like halfway through it and he was like, pause it, whoever my current wife is, I got to make a movie. (laughs) Moneyball came out in Um, 2011. Yeah, I kind of think... Trouble... Or they like heard rumors of the script and they were like, let's do a response to this movie. 2012, next year. Yeah, next year. So, and yeah, so. Clint Eastwood's movies are so interesting. He's got some great ones. He has some great movies and then he's got his American Snipers, you know? Yeah. Um, and if you want to hear about that, that'll be another pod for another time. Yeah. Um, so then there's the baby shower with Fiona. And she is hanging out with Snow White, um, Rapunzel, all these other fairy Cinderella, tale princesses. Sleeping Beauty. I'd say the funniest part about that scene is this, the gift that Snow White gives her. And she gives her a dwarf. And yeah. And all the dwarf is saying is, where's the baby? Yeah. And, but in a really funny voice. That's yeah, the, it's the, the voice. That's funny. It's kinda, 
Also, they do that funny joke that was in the last two movies, but it didn't include the wolf from Little Red Riding Hood again. Uh But you always find him in a bed. Yeah. And he's always like, what? But when Shrek was having his nightmare, one of the babies was in his bed reading a baby book. Probably it kind of looks like it's like, huh? Yeah. I like that they kept that joke. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's pretty good. Trying to find the silver line (laughs) in all of it. Um. But yeah, the baby shower happens and Fiona kind of realizes that they th- they they're disgusted by her. Yeah. And they don't really like her. Well, they're just petty princesses. Yeah. And I just once again, this scene I couldn't figure it out, but I'm just kind of like I liked it and I and whatnot, but it just doesn't quite go far enough in either direction of interesting for me. Nope. And you had brought up something interesting, which is not going to be my pitch for a fix, but you had said that it, it would be more interesting if you just followed Fiona during this movie. Or and just like put it was Fiona, more... switch the roles between Fiona and Shrek, like quite literally, where yeah. she's going to go and try and find Arthur and Shrek stays home. Then takes care of the kids or something. Or the like king, they've already yeah, like had let's the say that, yeah, something. she had, kid, had a kid and maybe their, their issue is something else or something. Yeah. But it would just be so, it, it would continue to flip the fairy, just like the stereotypes on its head where the the girl is going to save the day. Yeah. Well, he waits for her. Yeah. Huge missed opportunity. That's my fix. That's my fix for the movie. And I like that fix. I, I'm interested in that. Um, but apparently it's not good enough. No, I just have a different idea. Apparently guys still need to save the day. <laughs> um, you know me. I loved Captain Marvel. So that proves... <laughs> So they, they cut that out, Anthony. Uh, they storm the castle. Princess Pr- Prince Charming <laughs> and the bad guys. Yep. Hook being like his number two guy. Mm-hmm. And while they do it, um, you know, I, I wrote it. This whole movie kind of plays like a TV show and the jokes feel lazy. But uh. a good part of this scene is when Gingerbread has a flashback to when he's oh, made. That's so funny. This is the best part of the movie because he has a... Um, Prince, his life flashes before his eyes. Yeah, and it shows him like being made, falling in love, um, like driving in, Shrek in this 1, car. When Lord Farquaad was playing with his legs, so you find out that he was captured and that he was in prison, and then it sh- goes to Shrek one, and you're like, that's kind of nuts yeah. a little bit. Um, and then um, Pinocchio pulls the lawyer move, which is hilarious. Mm-hmm. That's a great joke because Prince Charming's like, "Where's Shrek?" These this group of dudes are the continue because i think they're the funniest in the first and second movie too yeah they continue to be the funniest part of the movies and i hope they're in the puss in boots movie oh i don't i don't think so because it takes place before shrek okay but maybe somehow maybe somehow they're in it or something well it's got humpty dumpty in it so oh, it's probably so funny by zach galifianakis okay. so um but, yeah they continue to be the funniest part yeah and then and then there's this whole thing where um they uh, like Prince Charming goes, where's Shrek? And Pinocchio is answering him in these lawyer talk kind of ways that don't make him lie. And that's very funny. They're mm-hmm. like playing on the fairy tale. Because that's the other thing. In this movie, I don't feel like they're playing on the fairy tales, which is the strength of the series. Yeah. And then when they do, it usually feels lazy because it's doing it in a way that we saw in the other two movies already. Yeah. <sighs> so then... um. Uh, there are way too many references. Okay, so then they meet Merlin, Arthur, and Shrek. 
played by Eric Idle, not John Oliver. And he's he's like crazy washed up. He used to teach at the high school. He's like a hippie. That's what they're making. They're like basically stereotyping him as a hippie. Yeah. And here's what I... I'd say his animation is actually the most interesting as a human. Yeah. Because they animate him to look crazy visually. Mm-hmm. Beyond him wearing the Merlin getup. Yeah. But his face looks different than every other human. Yeah. Thank you. And here's the problem with Merlin. They don't play on the fact that he's Merlin. No. There's no like sword in the stone jokes. No. Yeah. Arthur King Arthur is there. There's no, the, what, what are you thinking? I know. He, the, it could have even been a throwaway. Like, Hey, there's a sword. Do you want to try this out in the backyard? And he's like, no, I gotta go. Yeah. Anything like or that. Or just like, they didn't even, like we said previously, the scene is so ugly because it just takes place outside <laughs> of this grass home. and dirt. When I'm sure the inside of this home looks awesome. Or just yeah. crazy, kooky, whatever. Yeah, it could have been like a Back to the Future, like a huge oh my guitar gosh, amp yeah. kind of thing. Not that, but you know. And so that would actually be a pretty funny joke. If, they did if a Back he to was the just future. the ba- doc, basically, like they go in there and the DeLoreans in there. Yeah, that, that would, would be, be funny. funny. Yeah. Um, but in, again, wasted opportunity. Merlin's just kind of there, and I'm sure the actor's doing fine. It's just the stuff that's written for him. It's not real. It's just not fun. Diminishing returns. Yeah. It's not that funny. Yeah. He, you know, he's like, he's like, you guys want some food? And he pulls out rocks and starts eating rocks. Okay. I guess, I guess. And you're talking to two people who like Shrek one and two. So I don't think you've done it's the, us you've not done liking right the series. Two times, which is good. <sighs> so then. But the scene is to establish how King Arthur's like, I'm a loser. I'm no one. And then Shrek says something about like, you have to believe in yourself. Well, and they start talking about how Arthur is afraid to be king because his dad left when he was young. And Shrek's like, well, my dad treated me really bad too. And then they kind of bond and they become buds. Yeah. And then they're attacked. And they have to like fight off all these bad guys. Captain Hook and his goons. And then, and then um, I, I wrote attack meant to be tree like attack this is an appropriate time to bring up tom cruise okay <laughs> the, more than anything because i just feel like bringing him up how many times have we brought him up on this podcast just making sure that we bring him up again okay okay that's it that's it yeah wow not even re- no relevance she's just she's just needing a palate cleanser tom cruise baby um okay <laughs> so rapunzel turns on fiona and then Prince Charming is able to capture Fiona. Who I remind you is Maya Rudolph. <laughs> yes. Rapunzel is yes, played by Maya Rudolph. Yes. Um, and then Shrek's like, hey, we got to go get get the people. Arthur is like, oh, you were using me because you were supposed to be king? Yep. Um, a like, classic, I'm not your first choice. A classic Shrek um, thing where there's a confusion with him. Um. And then, and so the, the princesses, so, okay, the, this is a problem I had right away. The princesses are in prison. Uh-huh. The princesses are in prison. The princesses are in prison and she sells seashells down by the seashore. And the queen is with Fiona and she goes, she butts her head into a wall and she goes, how did you think you learned where your fighting skills Breaks were from? Breaks the wall. Breaks it. Breaks the wall by butting her head. And so they do that stupid thing with like, where they try to explain something that never needs an explanation. Mm-hmm. So they explain that Fiona hereditarily got genes that made her good at fighting. Mm-hmm. 
stupid. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. And I guess it could be a joke of the movie, but stupid. Mm-hmm. Hated I that part. I, I think that the movie started to get a little more exciting for me was when I think Fiona or her mom, I don't remember, like gives the princesses this pep talk. Like it's time for us to take it back. That's when I realized, Oh, this should have been a movie about girls doing it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't even mean in a feminist or a preachy way. Like that just would have been interesting. Like girls yeah. should have been the ones to win the kingdom back. And maybe they should have done it because, uh Oh, you have a pretty good strong arc with the mother because her, father or her husband just died yeah that could be explored fiona's worried Which about being like, pregnant that could be explored that weird? it doesn't make sense to me this feels like this is more uh um capitalist government than it is actual a royal government yeah. because the king dies and the queen just doesn't get to be part of it anymore yeah like she's just like basically the first lady yeah which I, I know that I'm really getting into way, way too much and this is really not mm-hmm. important, but it's just, it's a little, it's just kind of weird to me. It's weird. I guess. Yeah. Just, but it's just, that. you have two really good arcs you could explore, but instead they don't explore any arc with donkey. He has no arc in this movie. Mm-mm. Puss has no arc in this movie and Shrek has an arc that is the same arc he's been through in two movies. Mm-hmm. So they make the main character of the movie Three people that aren't, that don't do anything Mm -hmm. new, boring, but we'll get back to that. But so so the princesses break out. Yeah. And Snow White like rips her, her sleeves off her dress to look more like rugged and cool. Mm -hmm. And they go to the the gates of the castle. Now they're going to break back in. Yeah. And I, I like this part where she, you know, is singing and all of the woodland creatures come out. Yeah, her. an attack. And then an we attack. hear the really bad version of Barracuda by heart. Yeah. But it's not by heart. It's by a different band. Yeah. Very and it's, confusing. It's a there was another sucky song, version. too, like right after that, where there was. No, not that one. I feel like a different one. No, it was that one. No, I know. But I feel like there was a different song, too. What, there were three? I just feel like there was a, a third one. Okay. I don't remember a third one, but I believe you. Uh, <laughs> so then. Um, Prince Charming all the while is he's doing a play to to like to kill Shrek basically Mm -hmm. and Shrek shows up and he's like hey I'm here for the play to cover which a a funny idea is that Prince Charming is using what he was so bad at in the beginning of the movie to make people respect him Mm -hmm. which I think is kind of funny yeah it's like you don't you don't have to like a public execution would probably more (laughs) like that's the funny part Mm -hmm. anyway and then and then they, they break in and uh there is this fun this made me laugh out loud when the princesses are fighting and Sleeping Beauty falls asleep and trips a guy. Yeah, that's funny. That's funny. Yeah. So they they basically break in and the big climax is now they're at the stage, Shrek's tied up, and all the everybody's there, and then Art Arthur comes in, who prefers to be called Artie. Mm-hmm. He reiterates several times in the movie. He comes in and saves the day and like his arc completes because he's like, I can be king. And then Shrek's like, and Prince Charming gets killed because this thing falls on him. And they do this speech like, bad guys, you can choose to be what you want to be. And then the movie, uh, I'm just blazing through the Well, it's kind of like, I think like Shrek gives, gives the bad guy, or maybe it's Arthur says it like basically gives them the speech that Shrek gave him. Like you can be whoever you believe. Like, you just have to believe in yourself. That's the important part. Yeah. Which is just like, 
boo. <laughs> I'm tired of the, even as a kid, I was just always like, okay. Yeah. I, I want like a cool, fun, like answer that you wrote. And I know it's a kid's movie and you usually have to teach a lesson. But still. That's what they're going for. But like, I don't know. You you can pull a you can pull a Spider Verse where that's an animated movie and the message is like you can be a hero but they're not like hey viewer you can be a hero they just play out the theme and you get it mm-hmm. <laughs> so then the movie ends with them in the swamp they have their kids and Trek has accepted the responsibility they have three kids and they're ugly they're ugly little little cusses cusses yeah um so. Now, this is what I've been waiting for the whole episode to get to, is why doesn't the movie work, okay? So, of course, we've talked about how the humor is rehashed, um, and we've talked about the arcs of the minor characters. But here's the other thing. So, I have a few of these jump in anytime. The minor characters that they've added to this movie are uninteresting and not worth exploring mm-hmm. the way they've written them, Okay. The first half of the movie is Shrek 1 because Shrek goes on an adventure to go get a, in this case, a king in the previous movie, uh, Princess. Mm. Um, and, it, and he's doing it for his own gain to get back to his swamp. Mm-hmm. Okay. Same exact premise of one. Then Shrek 2, he's storming the castle to save, um, I, well, I think it's a little bit different, but it's, it's still like storming the castle to keep Prince Charming from t- taking the throne. So same as Shrek 2. So Shrek 3 is just Shrek 1 and Shrek 2. Mm-hmm. That's not how that works. Don't mm-hmm. do that. That's the same thing. Yep. But here is my pitch, okay? Oh, man, I hope I hope that you like this because I've been like excited to tell you. So Shrek 1, here's Shrek's arc. He is he learns to take care of himself. Mm-hmm. And through loving, like getting getting the wife, and like actually accepting who he is. Okay. Would you agree? That's Shrek one. I think also like trusting other people and getting like being okay with getting help from other people. Great. Yeah. Um, and then Shrek two, he really learns to take care of Fiona because he w- is willing to sacrifice his ogreness to be with her for whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. So Shrek three, here's what I propose his arc should be. He is. Um, uh, he, oh, yeah, because in the movie, it's his arc is he's selfish, and then he learns not to be selfish, which is a version of those other two. So I think he's learned how to take care of himself. He's learned how to take care of his family. So the next movie, Shrek the Third, he is still selfish, of course, but he learns to take care of, like, everybody and be more selfless in general, mm-hmm. not just specifically about his family. And so my pitch would be, that the the frog dies, Shrek becomes king. Mm-hmm. He straight up becomes king, and he runs the kingdom really poorly for like an entire act. And then he discovers Arthur, and he doesn't really want to give up being king because he likes it. He likes the attention. He likes all that stuff. And then he finally well, I well go ahead. He go ahead. he gives it up because he knows it will it like the him being king is good for him, but it's bad for the kingdom. And so then he gives it up to Arthur because, and I don't have the specifics, of course, of the plotting, but the basic idea is he gives it up to Arthur because he learns that even though it's self-serving to him and his family, that's not self-serving to the greater whole. Mm. And then he goes back to his swamp. I think the hardest part would be 
convincing people that he likes being king. Because that's out of character. But I think if you if you have like a scene where where he where he finds out that he can lazily sit around and like get all these bugs and stuff he likes to eat, and he's turning he he's that even makes like sense. he's even turning the kingdom into like a swamp, and it's that like ruining sense. the economy, and people yeah. are hating him for it. And he's like, yeah, but it's cool for me and my family. Yeah, and they have their kids, and and then there then he learns like that's not what's helpful for everyone else. Okay, that makes sense. That's my pitch. What that do you works. think? Sure. Yeah. Do you think it's better? Better than this movie? Yeah. Yes. Really? Yes. I still like my idea too. I like your idea. Fiona more of a purpose. I actually, I like your idea better. Like maybe in your version, this is going on and Fiona's finding Arthur. Great. That's, That's the, the fix. That's the fix. Oh, um, I can't believe we figured it out. <laughs> so, that's all I got. That's all I got. I am like done talking about it. Well, I'm ca- I am excited to watch the fourth one. Based, yeah, based totally, on everything we've seen so we far. We have no idea. Yeah. Um, so here's the thing, everybody. Next week, uh, we, <laughs> we are coming out with Shrek Forever After. And then we do Puss in Boots. And then we jump right back into Marvel Phase 3. So stick with us. We're going to make it through the series. I think now it's actually starting to get a little more interesting. And uh, rate, review, and subscribe. And tell people about it if they like movies. Please, and thank you. Uh, thank you very much. And Anthony, cue the music. <laughs> <laughs>